so it's one o'clock. We're waiting for people to filter in here. And we'll just do a quick mic check. Danielle, uh, how do I sound? You sound glorious. Fantastic. All right. So while we're waiting for folks to filter in, I'll go through the opening spiel. Uh, for those of you listening on the replay, thanks for tuning in. This is the CASA Twitter space. We do this every couple of weeks, schedule allowing. Uh, and uh, for more information about CASA, go check out our website, casaa.org. We've got all the information you need to educate yourself, your friends, and particularly your lawmakers about uh, vaping and tobacco harm reduction. And uh, of course, while you pick up some merch, we've got t-shirts Danielle has expertly designed to advocate in style. Uh, And of course, as always, our donation button is open. Um, If you like the content we produce, if you support the work that we're doing, please throw us a couple bucks and let us know that you care. uh, And we can keep doing the things that we're doing. Speaking of the things that we're doing, uh, this is going to be the weirdest Twitter space I think I've ever done because I'm actually sitting in the same room with all of these people. Not really a room, uh, a big box of metal hurling ourselves down the interstate to Jacksonville, Florida right now. Um, We are on the We Vape, We Vote tour, and I figured we would start things off with a little bit of a recap on how the tour has gone so far. I don't know, Tim, Amanda, Greg, any of you guys want to fill the good folks listening in on, on how the, the vape tour is going? For Alex, I'll just remind our participants, make sure you mute. Yes, so that there is not an echo. Um, as Alex said, we are curling ourselves down the road towards Jacksonville. Yesterday we were in savannah georgia a a great vape shop that welcomed us with open arms Um, this tour started off i don't know two two and a half weeks ago in arizona and went up to colorado i was not there for those first two stops but then the bus continued to des moines um and des moines was a fantastic stop uh iowa vape association had come in uh, completely unexpectedly Uh, as a sponsor of the tour. We want to thank them for that. And we had news coverage of the Des Moines stop. From there, there was Wisconsin where Senator Ron Johnson came out. And I'll also note, by the way, that uh, Iowa Attorney General Tom Miller could not make the event, but we did have lunch and Iowa Attorney General Miller uh, continues to be a big supporter of this industry and its consumers. And from there, there was Rockford, Illinois. There was a stop in Ohio, three stops in Pennsylvania, Maryland, South Carolina, Virginia, a Packers game, a little bit of everything in between. It has been awesome to see vape shops uh, reinvigorated and to see customers coming in, to see a customer base that's actually uh, a few years older than we were seeing five, six years ago um, when we were visiting vape shops. So. I can't say enough about how great it has been to be on the, the vast majority of this tour. Nice. Um, you guys want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I'll say about it that's been really awesome is that every stop we've done, what stood out to me is the people that we meet along the way. I think at every stop, 
uh, th there was just some kind of story that touched my heart, just somebody we met or a story that we heard. Um, so it was really cool to see, you know, especially people, you know, coming from four to six hours away just to come see us at the tour stop. So the, the support from the VP community was amazing. Uh, all the shops that hosted events for us, they gave us just a wonderful welcome and extremely phenomenal hospitality. It was great to see all of the, the media stories that have come out of the tour so far. I think that's some of the most unbiased and just factual reporting that we've had on our issue in forever. So I would say that alone uh, was worth it. But just really mobilizing vapors, educating them on where their candidates stand, how they're being represented by people in their districts. Um, I, I think it was all really awesome. So I've, I've been honored to be a part of it with you guys. And there's nobody I'd rather be trapped on a bus with. Awesome. Tim, any final thoughts about the tour? I mean, just to follow up on what Amanda just said, it's really striking in many cases. Okay, we got some bad audio. Okay, can I try again now? Can you hear me at the moment? We'll try to figure it out. Um, but I, we'll, 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 we'll just jump right into the next thing. We'll move along here because we, we are on portable Wi-Fi. So, uh, you know, it's kind of hit or miss, but uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to muscle through it. Um, so the next uh, topic, also, I, you know, I just joined on the tour uh, in uh, 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 Charleston, South Carolina. And so I've only been here for two stops. And, uh, um, and we're headed to Jacksonville. So I, just to echo everything Amanda and Greg said, it's been really great to, to see people welcoming the RV, you know, into their shops and, and getting to meet people and hear their stories. We had some really great stories yesterday uh, in uh, Savannah, Georgia. Um, so if you haven't caught some of the media that's been coming out on Instagram and Twitter from the tour, definitely go check it out. Uh, I suspect there may be some more stuff coming out after the tour. Uh, one of the great things is that we do get to, you know, generate these stories from 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 actual people showing up along the way and and uh, and share them afterwards. And, and it's, it's just always great to hear people's experiences. Um, so check all that stuff out. I'm sure there'll be more coming out. Moving right along. Uh, yesterday was the final installment of uh, comments to the expert panel of reviewers at uh, the Reagan Udall Foundation. And uh, so I'll just go right to you, Amanda. First, you, you were on the first set of panelists last week. Uh, maybe, uh, first of all, for folks who aren't familiar with what's going on with this Reagan Udall Foundation, could, are you able to kind of catch people up and give them kind of an overview of what, what Reagan Udall is doing? and then talk about that first day of, of, of the panel? Yeah, for sure. So I, the Reagan Udall Foundation was new to me as well, um, but that was a foundation that was created just to sort of service the FDA. They usually deal with uh, the pharmaceutical side of FDA, it seems, but uh, in this case, FDA had a lot of major scandals going on, so Commissioner Califf, had asked this foundation if they would do an outside review of their processes. I think um, 
one investigation was uh, prompted by the baby formula crisis. So they're looking into what happened with that. But then they've got a whole other section of the foundation that is conducting a review of FDA Center for Tobacco Products and looking at how that process, you know, broke down and turned into the dysfunction that it's become that we've all sort of experienced firsthand. Um, so that's a bit of what it is. They announced that they're going to have a 60-day window when they're reviewing all of this, and at the end of that time period, they're going to make certain recommendations to the FDA for how the Center of Tobacco Products can operate uh, more functionally. Uh, and so it's really interesting. I personally had kind of low expectations going into Reagan Udall. I had sort of this cynical idea that it was going to be a rubber stamping exercise to say, hey, give CTP more money uh, because, you know, if they have more funding, they'll do a better job, right? And so uh, when we gave our comments, everybody had eight minutes to talk. Uh, I was on the first day. They're, they d divided it up into three topics. The first one was on the review process. Uh, the second one was on regulations and guidance. And then the third one was on enforcement and um, misinformation, right? Misinformation surrounding nicotine. So I spoke on the, the panel about the review process because obviously Char Owen and myself, uh, Lindsay, a lot of folks over at AVM were intimately involved in submitting all of these PMTAs. And, you know, we had been firsthand witnesses to several hundred companies' experience of going through the review process and then being sort of categorical of the review process. And so we were there to really offer that perspective. And our main point was that throwing more money after a misguided goal uh, is only going to lead to FDA being able to, you know, enact prohibition faster because right now FDA is operating under assumptions about flavors that are driven by this moral panic around uh, youth vaping that's declined so significantly in the last few years, uh, but they're still holding on to that view that, you know, they have to ban all the flavors to protect the youth. And so throwing more money at them to continue operating under that broken philosophy was not what we wanted to see happen. So we were there to really spell out the fact that uh, this process has to be fair for stakeholders of all sizes, right? It can't just be something for, you know, giant global tobacco conglomerates. Uh, you know, the FDA can't work only for, you know, Pfizer and uh, Philip Morris, right? FDA has to be able to accommodate all companies that are in this space and have been responsible in this space. And they have to follow the science instead of, um, you know, a moral panic. And so, I, you know, I hope that we did a good job in our comments that we shared. Overall, I was really impressed. I thought it was... Um, very balanced. I thought all of the different stakeholders from the industry side, while they had different interests, I think they all did a really good job of making different points. Um, the opposition to me seemed really weak. I've been talking a long time, so I'll let somebody else give their thoughts. But to me, the opposition here was just old, tired talking points that are just really not convincing anymore. So I think we all uh, did a really great job. I uh, hope everybody that participated puts in their written comments so that they can look at those and incorporate those into their recommendations. Cool, excellent uh, summary. And now since uh, we are continuing to have technical difficulties with Tim's uh, phone, I am physically gonna hand him the mic for his two cents on the radio doll. Okay, thank you. Hopefully you can hear me a little bit better now as I am 
sharing this very intimate moment with sharing mics and headphones with Alex. Um, we are getting close and personal to her. Look, the one thing that I would note that surprised me was that... So I was on the education and communication panel together with Alex at Dragon Noodle. And it was interesting to note that the aunties sent some of their best people and how absolutely intellectually bankrupt their arguments were in that there weren't any arguments. The people who, you know, are spending, who have all of these hundreds of millions of dollars to, that they use to try and deny the right of smokers to make the switch to safer alternatives came up there rather than answer any questions, rather than address any of the substantive critiques, all they would do is harp on about big tobacco evil, big tobacco evil, racketeering evil, without addressing any... Like They didn't bring up the science once, they didn't bring up evidence once, they didn't bring up academic literature, they didn't refute any of the points, they didn't answer anything. It was just this insane hyperbole, completely ungrounded in reality, and these were their best people. Like, it really showed me just how completely bankrupt they are and how devoid they are of anything to do with facts or logic or science because they really have nothing. They couldn't come up with any answers. And in fact, you know, when there was a Q&A person and someone from the inaccurately named Truth Commission basically just came and said, you know, oh, smokers should just, I don't know, try and quit again or whatever and then sort of laughed awkwardly about the oh whatever this is the extent of what they think people who traditional quit smoking methods don't work should quote quit smoking or try again or whatever i mean this is absolutely insane and when you the more loudly they screech and they bring up insults and slurs and question motives and things you know just how dishonest they are because deep down I think they know it as well if they actually had a single shred of credible arguments they would bring that up but they have absolutely nothing I mean look I come into these sorts of things quite skeptical that they're going to come out saying give us more money and that'll solve all problems but given how badly the other side performed in that they didn't really perform at all um Maybe there's actually some hope that some of the people listening and observing might realise there is a serious structural problem in the FDA, one that places politics and ideology above saving people's lives. And when the evidence is so clear, maybe the FDA should actually do its goddamn job. It should listen to its statutory obligations and do what it's meant to do. Congress actually did this. wasn't even a debate about about policy. Congress set it a pretty simple mission. Protect public health. It's clearly doing the opposite of what the Congress asked it to do. It is clearly listening to special interest groups that are well-funded, and it is failing in its, in its mission. It is failing in its statutory obligations. So maybe that it was so stark and so clear and so bloody obvious that it's been such an abysmal failure, and the only best defences the other side can do is oh, maybe people should just try quit smoking again or whatever, that some of the expert panel might actually have their eyes opened and actually see, oh, well, maybe there's something we need to do. I mean, look, it's a long shot because, unfortunately, truth doesn't always triumph in this fight, as we all well know, but there is at least a glimmer of hope that I have. I have to jump in here for a moment and comment. I was watching this live when it happened. 
And Tim, I don't know if you can recount it better, but there was a moment when you, I would say, sort of mocked the Truth Initiative woman and said, you know, just try again or whatever. I don't know if you guys noticed this, and maybe this is petty, but one of the expert panelists, I think his name was Keith, luckily he was muted, but he literally burst out laughing when you said that and had to cover his face. I just thought that that was pretty, pretty excellent. I, I did want to add, uh, and, and Tim is, is sitting next to me, but I'm going to interrupt him in his response. Um, you know, that, so what the, the, the woman from Truth Initiative was responding to was um, I had actually given FDA some, some accolades. I mean, credit where credit is due uh, in between kind of uh, renditions of the real cost campaign. Uh, and actually, uh, Dr. Nancy Rigotti was, uh, she was the last presenter on our panel. She did an excellent job. Uh, and uh, she actually kind of mapped out all of these youth prevention fear campaigns that uh, FDA has done. And one of those campaigns was called Every Try Counts. And that was what I had been about. to try things and am I having audio issues okay it's so better we're back. now okay so uh so any just to catch up where I might have broken up uh every try counts is a, a campaign that FDA put out to encourage people to try different things unfortunately it was limited to NRT and acupuncture and Unfortunately, you're breaking up pretty bad, Alex. Uh, I'm sorry. Am I coming back? Yes, you are. Okay, fantastic. Anyway, the the woman was was it, you know it, it it's I, I think what's really shocking about it is that the Truth Initiative, who has been um, sort of licking FDA's boots the entire time, uh, decided instead of you know taking our comments very seriously, uh, decided to mock you know what we had said, um, and I'm I. I I, I'm glad to hear that at least somebody on the expert panel recognized their hypocrisy and total lack of professionalism. Um, so that's that. Tim, did you want to jump in with something? He's shaking his head no. Um, so, uh, you know, another theme that I had kind of picked up on, at least on the last day, because that was the... You're breaking up pretty bad. Yeah. It's a little bit here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, Greg or Amanda may have a better connection. Uh, I suspect we might all have the same connection because we're all running off the same hot spot. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you much better than we could, Alex. Oh, okay, great. I just... You know, while we're waiting for Alex to come back, one thing I will say is that I love when Tim Andrews gets all fired up in his Australian accent. It is the greatest thing ever. Completely agree. Big, 
big fan of that. Uh, so I don't know how Alex is doing. Alex, give me a hand signal when you're uh, good to go here. Um, but yeah, you know, it was interesting too. Like while we're talking about the Truth Initiative gal, you know, I noticed she was kind of uh, pivoting a little bit in her testimony. And then at some point she said she tried to pay lip service to e-cigarettes. She goes, well, you know, e-cigarettes could be included, you know, if they're the FDA authorized ones, you know, but meanwhile, they've got their thumb on the FDA not to authorize anything with flavors or anything from, you know, like the last five years that anybody might actually want to use. So I thought that was uh, an interesting comment that she added on to that. I agree. She did seem a little bit more, um, I'm not going to say middle of the road, but like she was at least putting on, you know, a front to seem more moderate on this issue. I wanted to ask you, this was kind of going along with what Tim said earlier. I definitely, as a viewer of this, sort of noticed that a lot of the, you know, organizations that we would consider to be hostile towards harm reduction and vaping seem to be sort of relegated to the final day. I know there were others sprinkled, you know, on the other days, but a lot of them seem to be on the third day. And um, with Matt Meyer speaking first, I definitely felt like having been through, you know, two full days of these sessions and then hearing Matt speak, um, his, his presentation, because it was, you know, rife with typical anti-harm reduction rhetoric, came off as very, a very different tone than the prior days. And I wondered if you guys noticed that as well. It sounds like Tim definitely did. Um, and if you think that the panelists may have picked up on that as well, because I did notice that the expert panel didn't seem to um, play into any of that rhetoric. They didn't, you know, there was some talk on one of the days about, you know, youth potential gateway type, you know, comments like there usually are, but they didn't really get bogged down by a lot of that, you know, fear mongering rhetoric. And I wanted to see if you guys noticed that and what you thought of that. Yeah, that was a very encouraging sign. This issue is, or rather, our opponents are very used and accustomed to arguing this issue purely on emotion. They talk to politicians who deal almost solely with emotion. Uh, they deal with parent groups that just think about their children. They talk to city councilors, again, emotion. And so they are generally ill-prepared to have their ideas challenged, so ill-prepared that the Society for Research on Nicotine and Tobacco won't even allow, and they, they gave a golf clap, or rather an enthusiastic clap, to just banning people who oppose them from their scientific conference. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that after two days of testimony that really addressed the process, the applications, the forms, and all that they're all coming with the same message and they barely have any minutes of it. You can only believe that one half of the end products in more process in so many ways before you're going to really need that third and fourth cup of coffee. So, because of the bus tour, I was not able to see that third day and see how Matt Myers dealt with this. But having uh, sadly now been a 12-year veteran of, of watching Matt Meyer speak at different conferences, uh, I'm not surprised that others would not have great, uh, not have any.
I think we lost you a little bit there. Are you not to worry? <laughs> yes, I'm hearing you quite well right now, actually. Okay. All right. Well, I should I should capitalize on the moment and and, and fill in some things. Um, first of all, Matthew Myers is an accomplished gaslighter, um, so uh, that's just been my observation over my not as long time doing this as as Greg has. Um, and uh, now I've completely lost my thought because I'm so preoccupied with the technical issues. Um, we were talking it, about it, his tone was very yeah. different um, than the rest of, and it almost felt out of place and kind of awkward. You broke up on me that time, so. <laughs> I said we were talking about how the anti-harm reduction rhetoric felt really out of place after you know the first two days of really concrete logistical scientific you know data-driven conversation yeah for sure and and there were definitely times first of all before before we completely lose things um i, I did want to say there is a link available i think danielle i shared this with uh with the board at some point but uh the recording of the sessions uh will be available publicly uh and so anybody who's having a hard time listening to our recap um We'll, we'll post that up somewhere and so folks can kind of get caught up on your own. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it was actually kind of shocking. And I think, you know, in, in to maybe dovetail on things that, that Greg had said, it seemed like they did not, the, the, the antis, Truth and CTFK and, and other folks, it's like they didn't follow the homework assignment. Uh, and the, the, you know, the questions that were posed to panelists were, uh, you know, what's FDA doing well, what's FDA not doing well, and where are the areas they can improve? And instead of coming with ideas and suggestions, they came with propaganda and anti-vaping rhetoric. And, uh, you know, it, it, right down to, you know, claiming that two and a half million kids are hopelessly addicted to nicotine, uh, which is not fair. That's, that's not what the numbers say. Uh, and so um, it, it, was, it was kind of shocking. It seemed like the entire session whenever they got the chance, they were just sort of tattling on, on the vapor industry, um, which is generally unhelpful and not very productive. Um, so uh, it, it, it's an interesting uh, event that, that we've all participated in. And uh, while I will hold on to a shred of hope that something good comes of this, I think everybody is, is a little bit jaded by this whole thing and pretty much expects this to just be used to, to lobby Congress for more funding for tobacco products um that was one of the questions i was going to ask actually because i along with amanda i'm a glass half full type person i more expected you know sort of this kind of blase sort of thing but i was pleasantly surprised to i felt see that the expert panel from reagan udall was actually i thought fairly engaged um they asked you know a decent amount of questions i wanted to see if if uh, others who were actually present there agreed with that assessment but I was wondering, you know, obviously we are quite cynical and jaded at this point, but is there any, you know, potential hope that the expert panelists really sort of understood the issues, you know, based on their level of engagement, based on the questions that they asked, you know, did, do you feel like they understood the issues and do you think there's any chance that they might release a report um, that may actually be helpful? 
Okay, so <clears throat> because of our horrible connection, <laughs> I missed probably most of your brilliant question there. Um, is there a shorter way to ask that? So maybe we could answer. Yes. Is there any hope based on the level of engagement that I witnessed that you think anything good could potentially come of this report? I'm going to go back to my, my sliver of hope. Um, you know, the, the, the focus of, of what of my comments was really on, uh, you know, changing the campaigns and the fact that the real cost campaign doesn't doesn't pass the smell test when it comes to stigma and alienating people. And so hopefully those messages get back to FDA and they're a little bit more um, thoughtful about producing campaigns. And I know Amanda is uh, able to speak now. So uh, her thoughts on, on this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I, anybody that has known me for longer than five minutes knows I tend to be overly optimistic sometimes. And so I try not to give my hopes up too much after everything that's happened. But one thing that I uh, thought was worth noting was that uh, the people that Reagan Udall put on uh, the panel on their side of it that are conducting their review you know, these are people that came from the pharma cedar world of FDA, uh, FDA employees. It seems like a lot of them now had consultancies where I'm sure they work with pharmaceutical companies and that sort of thing. And so um, I, I thought that they were all a, rather a bit surprised to hear about the lack of two-way dialogue with um, the agency and applicants. So it seemed like there was a lot of questions about um, what would be helpful to um, applicants in regards to having access to CTP and being able to talk with them. And to me, I am hopeful that some of their recommendations will include avenues for applicants to actually be able to have two-way discussions with them. Yeah, I know. I remember there was a lot of um, discussion about, at least in the, in the third day, um, suggestions from Michael Cummings and some other experts talking about, uh, you know, going with a more standards-based uh, approach to authorizing products in the UK and New Zealand were brought up several times. And, it, and once again, you know, it was, it was folks that we know who are uh, thinking critically about this issue and, and not like children uh, who are actually making, you know, useful suggestions and pointing to places in the world where the policies are actually benefiting people uh, and, and so the UK and New Zealand were brought up multiple times and, and hopefully uh, FDA takes those recommendations seriously um, Danielle I don't know if you had any more questions but you know given the, the kind of technical difficulties we might want to cut this one short um, I don't know how you feel about that or if you had anything else to, to kind of chime in with um, I did have one more question, and you guys seem to be doing okay, at least for the last five or so minutes. So if you are willing to power anything. through. So um, I'm going to take that as a cue to, to wrap this up uh, and uh, just say, you know, thanks for everybody for, for tuning in. Um, this is a, a, a unique situation where we're on the road. I promise you next time I will be in my office. Uh, and uh, uh, if, uh, if you do want to go back and listen to this as choppy as it might be, uh, this will be available on Twitter, I believe, for the next 30 days. And then we'll put it up on our SoundCloud and uh, all the other places, Spotify, 
our YouTube channel. Uh, you can come back and listen to this uh, later on. Uh, again, apologies for the technical issues, uh, but uh, maybe we'll come back in a couple of weeks and have a little bit more uh, uh, stationary discussion about <laughs> about this issue. Uh, and, and hopefully by then people will have had an opportunity to go watch the, uh, 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 the, the panels themselves. So uh, with that, I'll wrap it up as, for as long as you can hear me. Um, if you're new to CASA, go check out our website, casaa.org. Uh, all the information and tools you need to get engaged, get informed, inform your friends and family and, and, and lawmakers. Uh, and uh, we will have a live stream coming up in a couple of weeks i can't i don't think we're going to be doing it this saturday i'm traveling home uh so thanks again for everybody tuning in sorry about the technical issues and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks thanks everyone